This is Blake Seven in Character, the podcast that travels at Standard by Five to seek out elements from the classic TV show. We'll be taking a look at the one-off characters and occasionally the not-so-one-offs, who they are, what we think, the actor's backstory, and anything that occurs to us as we waffle away. So, stand by to teleport, but this is going to be spoiler-heavy, so it's advisable that you watch the episode first. So, uh, yeah, this week's episode is not brought to you by Microsoft or Skype, um, because they're becoming a bit of a, uh, a handful, aren't they, Ian? Yeah, they're they're not becoming very helpful. Uh, we were just discussing that they're almost becoming like ORAC, that you can't get it to do anything. You have to argue with it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, to anyone who... See, this is... Right, okay. Yesterday, Ian and I did an Effectively Speaking episode using Skype's new recording facility, which turned out to be really, really poor. And I've contacted Microsoft and they said, well, it's not quite finished yet. It's still maturing, uh, blah, 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 blah. And um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, yeah, Microsoft. Like yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, cheese is the right word. Microsoft, sorry, but, you know, we have podcasts to do. We can't put out inferior quality uh, podcasts. <laughs> well, our, our quality is inferior, but I would like the sound to be all right. Yeah, we we want the yeah we want the technology to be good. I mean, uh, yeah, our actual discussions are fairly inferior. There, there you go. Yeah. So um, we have now switched, thanks to my my brother Kevin. He's recommended a new way of going about it, where we don't use Microsoft, where we don't use Skype, and Ian and I are doing this podcast. Um, we have very little in the way of a trial. But we're all geared up for it because it's Sunday afternoon and it's three o'clock. And uh, traditionally, Ian and I, that's what we do on a Sunday afternoon, don't we, Ian? We do. That's our routine. And it threw me off a bit this morning when uh, uh, you messaged me and said, yeah, we're not doing recording today. And it was like, oh, but I've watched the episodes and everything. Yeah. Well, we've got to do this while it's still fresh in our minds. Yeah. Um, the only thing that we won't know until I've actually started to assemble this uh, episode is whether the sound quality is any good. So apologies for anybody who's listening to this, and it's not very good. Um, but uh, yeah, this is the initial virgin flight of this new recording setup that we've got here. So yeah, apologies if there are, um, you know, uh, issues with sound quality, but we're we're doing our best here to get it out to you. Yeah, and it's I think it's quite apt, isn't it? Because this program is called Zencaster, and uh, mm. it's about as helpful as Zen when you ask it how to do something, isn't it? We're we're muddling through. If it was Slavecaster, well, we 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 would still be waiting for a dial for a dial-up tone or something, wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah. Slavecaster is we write it in a book and post it individually to everyone. <laughs> Yeah, old school. That's analog. That's analog. Yeah, it'll be an yeah. analog postcard uh, podcast. Yes, definitely. All right. Well, let's get going then. Um, yeah, this is episode twenty-eight, and it's um, a you coined the phrase weeks and weeks ago about how when we go back to season one, it can very often be a palate cleanser for yes. season four. 
And uh, yes, the last time we had a proper episode, it was uh, the Space Rats in Star Drive. And here we are. We're back in um, season one. And boy, this is a palate cleanser because we have the original crew. And this is primarily set on the Liberator, isn't it? It is. It's... um... It, I, it, it feels like this is one of the episodes they possibly saved a bit of money on after like the 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 big budget episodes that we we were talking about, like the web and things like that. But it doesn't harm it. No, I don't think. No. Now it's very strange this episode in that I've seen people say they don't like it and they consider it one of the lesser uh, episodes of um, season one. But to that, I say, well, what's wrong with you? I mean. I, I really like this story. I, I I can't see. Yeah, there are a couple of issues with a couple of um, um, David Jackson's uh, acting choices, but apart from that, <laughs> I, I think this is a cracking tale. I don't find it boring, like a lot of people have said. Um, I know it takes a good half of the episode to actually get to the space station, but everything that's happening on the Liberator, I'm thoroughly enjoying. Yeah, I think I think the the, the the structure of this one is what puts a lot of people off. And I know even when I was watching it this time, the structure is quite strange because you don't really get into the story proper, although you do get all the nice gambits, you don't get into the story. You don't reach the research foundation until very, very late in the episode. And that's why I think it might be a budget episode because Julian Glover was obviously, you know, quite a, a, a well-known face and I wonder if they could only afford oh, him for so it. many days filming, which is why that part is is restrict, you know, is mm. is literally like yeah. the last twenty minutes, yeah. isn't it? I think you're right. I think you're right. That hadn't even occurred to me. Yeah. Hmm. All right. Yeah, but but if that means we've got to spend most of the episode stuck on the Liberator with this fantastic crew, I don't care whether we're watching them just fiddling about with yeah. circuit boards. <laughs> I'm Absolutely. Right. I'll be happy. I mean, you know, it's like you've come home. This is this is the Blake Seven that I fell in love with, with this crew on this ship. Yes. You know, and uh, yeah, no, I I just sat sat there thoroughly enjoying it. Yep it it was a it was a nice. I won't say a surprise because I do I know this episode. I, it's one that I do include in my rewatch sprints. Um, but it was it was nice. Because we we watched it like last thing at night, uh, and I watched it with Anne, and it was nice to watch an episode where I wasn't cringing, mm. or, or, <laughs> you know, or, like or justifying after, or explaining. Yeah, <laughs> after Javik, yeah, I needed a we needed we needed a, a to cleanse everything after Javik. We we certainly did. We certainly did. All right, well, let's get into it. And um, yeah, the story starts yet again. I the the these star shots star shots. I, I, am, yeah. I, I am totally gobsmacked by the amount that there were in there. I don't remember them being in here at all. Well, it shows how much your memory just um, edits itself. That mm. obviously your brain's not finding that interesting or memorable, so you cut it out completely. But they've been on almost all of season one's episodes now. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's a bona fide establishing shot, isn't it? Yeah. It yeah. is, yeah. It's like we're in space. You're not still watching Question of Sport. Yeah, yeah. this isn't softly, softly. That's gone. Now yeah. you've got this. Yeah, that's gone. Yeah, and we've got a shot of the Liberator flying past these uh, planets with a sun in the background. And I can't remember where I saw it. I don't know if it's on a documentary or what, but 
or it might be in a book. But uh, yeah, that shot of the Liberator flying along, it's as simple as it was one of the smaller models of the Liberator on wires being flown past planets that are on wires. And that sun in the background is a torch. Really? Because it's a, it's a, I think it's one of the best Liberator shots. And I like it because it's only lit from that sun. Mm. It's, it's almost 2001 style lighting effects. Um, and it, it's amazing how that adds to the realism, even though, as you've just said, it's, it's a model and some balls on string. Your, your brain, because it's all correct, your brain's going, yeah, that's a spaceship in space. Yeah, it's like Star Wars or Star Trek or anything. You, you, you yeah. always look at the spaceships and you're thinking, where is all the light coming from if they're not anywhere near a yeah. sun? <laughs> they should be in complete darkness. Exactly, yeah. It's like, well, how, how can we see them? Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, we go inside, and uh, Gan is all al- alone on the flight deck. Is he flying it? Excuse yeah, they've left him in charge, haven't they? they I have. mean, so that's, Gan can fly. That's the asking for trouble. <laughs> Maybe this well, is um, well, well. After this, they never bothered asking him. No. Well, um, when uh, when they come in and they say to him, um, "If you were in trouble, you should have let us know. We don't expect you to be uh, good at it yet," sort of thing. So they must have trained him. That yeah. I, I wanted to see that training. Yeah. So I, I imagine it was very much like where uh, Rocket Raccoon tries to train Groot to press the bomb button. It's like, yeah. press that, press that, press that. I am Gan. <laughs> or maybe they, they were all on the sofa there and uh, they got the little Corgi Liberator out to explain how things yes. work to him. Yeah, they're saying, this is the back, this is the front, front. this is your left, (laughs) this this is your right. Up, this is down, yeah. (laughs) But um, he starts having... Poor Gan. Yeah, poor Gan. We love Gan. We're not not knocking Gan. I really do like Gan. Um, it's nice. It's nice that this is an episode. I mean, everyone says this is Gan's episode. He he spends most of it unconscious, doesn't he? He does. It's a Gan story, but he's asleep for most of it. You know, Avon got his rumours of death, didn't he? You know, he got an an Avon-centric story, but he didn't spend it all asleep. Poor old Gan. Okay, again, can you imagine the the the, like the script meetings where they said, "Right, Avon, you're getting a you're getting a story where you find your past love and she's betrayed you." Uh, Blake, you're getting a story. Gan, uh, you're going to be asleep for your story. (laughs) Oh, poor old David. Poor old David. But, yeah, he starts having spasms, doesn't he? Just as the Liberator just so happens to be going into a meteor shower at exactly the same point. Yes, he, um, he starts to, uh, to, to behave very strangely. I've got gurning. Gurning. Yeah, that, yeah that's very good. Gurning. If he'd have had a toilet seat around his uh, neck, it would have been perfect. <laughs> Do you remember those when when that on opportunity knocks and and talent yeah. shows of the day that was people came on to actually just pull faces that, that was weird that wasn't was it was considered a talent i yeah. mean it's still better than most of the people on uh, britain's got talent yeah you know but i don't know i don't know whether it ever went abroad i mean if anyone's listened to this that's not from the uk have you ever heard of gurning where a, a uh, an old man girl. would take his teeth out, <laughs> put a toilet seat around his head, and pull the funniest face he could. That's what we used to call entertainment in the seventies. See, that belongs in like you know the sixteen seventies or something like that. That should yeah. not be a twentieth century yeah. form of entertainment. Absolutely not. Yeah, yeah. Tell ITV that. <laughs> All right. Well, Jenna comes in um, and overrides things and and wants to know you know what's wrong you know, about you should have told us, at yeah. which point Gan attacks her, doesn't he? Um, 
cue much console wobbling. Did you notice the console wobble when he grabbed her? Yes. Um, there's, there's a, because there's a, a fair bit of action in this episode, a lot of people are thrown against things. And there's a, there's a great deal of wobbliness. There is. Yes. And he throws her to the floor. I don't know if that is old Sally there or if that's a stunt woman, I, but that's a proper thing. Well, I, yeah, I thought it was um, Sally. I, I, it, I couldn't, normally you can tell when they go into stunt man mode, um, but this looks, I thought it was her and I thought, well done to her. It was, yeah. you know, or perhaps they didn't tell, they didn't tell uh, uh, David Jackson not to, not to throw her down so hard. He's method acting. He is method. He looks like Frankenstein's creature there when he's like standing there as he's just thrown her and goes yeah. towards her. And uh, yeah, well, Anne said, Anne said, uh, Gango Hulk. Yeah. Oh, I've got Hulk down for in a minute. Yeah. Um, yeah. But she's knocked out and he drags her away by the ankle, which leads me to think, what was he going to do to her? Do you think he was going to rape her? Was he going to kill her or what? Well, this throws up an interesting thing because in, in they used to have this argument regularly in Horizon. I don't know if you can remember in the letters page. And uh, do you remember them letters yeah. pages? Um, and they used to argue, is this Gan's real personality and the limiter is what causes him to be nice Gan? Or is it that the limiter is malfunctioning and causing nice Gan to become violent? Yeah. Now, I always used to buy into the, no, 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 nice Gan is the real Gan, and he was provoked, and they put the limiter in to limit his behavior. But watching this episode, I'm thinking, yeah, you know, I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. If he was just the Incredible Hulk. I mean, Hulk, was he a bit If of he a, was just the Incredible yeah. Hulk version that we've got here, you could say, yeah, the limiter is malfunctioning. It's making him out to be this, you know, this rampaging yeah. creature. But later on, when he's in restraints and he comes to and, and yeah. you know, he's snarling, then Callie comes in and he's all calm and he's acting. And it's like, hang on a minute. This guy is in force control of his senses he knows what he's doing and that i think gives credence to the question of right why was gan off to cygnus alpha you know this thing about they killed my woman now i'm thinking his woman might be you know tom hanks on castaway where he's got um you know a um you know a pet coconut maybe it wasn't a woman maybe his woman <laughs> is just uh you know a, a name for something else and this yeah, he, it could be that he was a serial yeah. rapist and a killer. Um, you, he, he could have yeah. been a Ben Steed character. Well, could could this put a whole new spin on it? That he, so his woman, because it explains why he's talking in that way, is someone that he's kidnapped and raped, and the Federation guard was saving yeah. her, getting yeah. her away from him. That's, an, that's another way. Yeah, yeah. No, she's mine. Mm -hmm. She's my property. He could have had her yeah. chained up in a cellar or something yeah. for years and years and years. My woman, because yeah. Because that's my woman. Yeah, she could, he, she could have been Fritzlin'ing Fritz yeah. yeah. him you in could, his cellar. You could see it either way. It could dome. have been a romantic thing. Yeah. They killed my, my, my woman, so I had to you know intervene. Or it's this other rather sinister one. Um, mm, mm. Yeah, yeah. Isn't it? It's brilliant that... that it throws up that, though, isn't it? That's what I love about Blake and Seven. And that's what I love about Blake Seven fandom, in that you can latch onto something and, you know, go off on a, on a completely different spin on things and look at things in a completely different way. It was never meant to be this way. It was never meant to 
be subject to this amount of scrutiny because back then you didn't have fandom. You didn't have, you know, no. what we've now got with the internet. But like you say, Horizon, when we were getting our magazines, you know, every like three months or something, you know, it, it was all on a typewriter and then photocopied. But it was still there. The fandom was there and the speculation was there even back then. Yeah, because I can remember these endless arguments, you know, the old, is Blake a terrorist? Mm. Is Gann a rapist? Can Tarrant act? That sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, yeah, I, it, it's really good that these questions throw up. I'm not sure what I think now. No. And I, I, always, lo- I, I always used to was steadfast in that, no, no, how could Gann possibly be a horrible person? And so, but yeah, he... Because later on they sort of they mention this, don't they? That um, what when uh, Kane says uh, Kane's assistant says about limiters are barbaric, and he says, "Well, what would you rather we do, kill them?" Mm. And it's like this again feeds into that. At this point, the Federation isn't the the killing machine that yeah. it becomes because yeah. we're in season one, aren't we? Yeah, we're, we're yeah we're in the much much superior season one. Yeah, where also, where yeah. No one's a good guy. No one's a bad guy. And Kane also says at the very end of this story that uh, um, he wasn't able to remove the limiter. But if he did remove the limiter, would Gan have become this psychopath that potentially yeah. he could have been? Yeah. In which case, would they have had to have chucked him out the airlock? Whereas the Federation, yeah, well, the Federation have obviously taken a, a large amount of time and effort to put this limiter in so he could function in society whereas realistically if it was the other way around avon would shoot him in the back of the head he wouldn't they wouldn't waste time and effort on Mm. trying to civilize someone they've shown you know that so so no 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 yeah this is early days we're only episode 10 in into the whole thing of uh of the show yeah you said tarrant there um and i've got tarrant noted down for the next bit because at that point um that's when blake comes in and it's the pacifizing uh, Blake, you know, I love the way Gareth Thomas is going. Again, it's yeah. me, it's Blake. Tarrant wouldn't have done that. He would have like tried doing a karate chop or something like that, you know. Yeah, Tar- Tarrant would have strode in, legs akimbo, and then jumped on him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, he tries pacifying him, but uh, no, he attacks Blake um, while he's sporting an Elvis lip curl as he does so. Um, this this enraged Gan is morphing into Elvis. Yeah, as he that's because he's all shook up. <laughs> Very good. Very <laughs> good. Um, the others come in and uh, they manage to prize him off of Blake. Um, it's a good sequence as well, isn't it? It, it really looks... It's, it's done very well. It, it, it's all like one take, isn't it? You know, and yeah. Uh, yeah, the camera is just there filming it. And yeah, they come in. I think this, yeah, I think this is the best fighty sequence we've certainly we've seen in the experiment so far but but definitely that i can remember on the liberator flight deck mm. yeah no it's good it's good uh blake tells callie to get the medical kit and uh while she's yeah. doing that and checking on jenna uh they manage to subjugate by avon gives him a kick to the nadgers and uh blake gives him a box yeah. over the head um you know kind of brutal yeah. but that it gets him down they manage to tranquilize him um with a couple of, of those things. I think they're the things that you used to have in a hospital, you know, for doing your heart monitor and that, those little white plastic things. Put another one on. Let it get right through the system. Well, the tranquilizer pad should keep him quiet for a while. 
two of them would flatten any one of us for about a hundred hours. If he comes round, he'll flatten all of us for a good deal longer than that. He ought to be put under restraint. Oh, my head. What fell on me? He did. Oh, happened so quickly. One minute he was crying with pain, then he went berserk. I'm glad he's a friend. Could get very painful if he really didn't like you. It must have something to do with the limiter implant in his brain. It's been bothering him for some time. He tried to keep it secret, but I'm sure he was in a lot of pain. Let's get into the surgical unit. Avon, stay and check for damage, will you? You three, give me a hand. All flight deck systems, full status check, standard priority listings. Confirm standard priority listings. Begin. Priority Alpha 1. Primary computer links are clear and functioning. Yeah, they look like that, or bicycle reflectors, or something like that. It's um, and the BBC. It's, yeah, it's more that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, interesting though that they've got these pacifiers. They would have been handy in some of the other episodes, wouldn't they? Perhaps they used them all up on Gan. Maybe they did. Yeah. yeah. Um, did you notice as well though? Um, Avon's got an eight track built into his shirt. In I love one. his shirt. It's like he's got a Darth Vader control panel. Yeah. On the front. I, well, I reckon he's. I reckon he's got like. He's got cassettes in there playing. <laughs> oh no, it'll be eight track definitely. It wouldn't be cassettes. Yeah, yeah. yeah eight, eight, he's got an eight track in there playing a bit of Salmon yes. Dave. <laughs> but he reckons it's uh, Gans Limiter, and he's taken to the medical unit, uh, which looks like it's been built. I do like. I do like that Avon. Yeah, Avon is straight away no no rubbish in it. It's his limiter's malfunctioning. There's none of this. He's possessed. Oh, is it an outside yeah, influence? Like yeah, Kelly. it's straight away. Avon. Avon straight through yeah, the crap. Yeah. It's the <laughs> knows what's wrong. I like the medical unit because it looks like they've made the room out of uh, corridor. Uh, the corridor walls. They've just like put a few of them together to make a room, which is nifty. Yeah, I like. I like this that in season one, when we start, we see other rooms where they're still making an effort to show that the Liberator isn't just a corridor. Yeah. yeah. Um, interesting as well. The corridor in this, the corridors are on uh, video. They're in the I studio. I noticed that. Yes. Yeah. It's weird, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's very yeah. unusual. And, and at this point, we see his hilarious implant, which is uh, two resistors, because I remember this from my electronics course, <laughs> two resistors, a capacitor, and two transistors on a tiny circuit board, which I guess was taken out of a radio or something. I, I, like, I like that you play along and say tiny. I don't think <laughs> it's that small. Matt Irvin has said that they had a big box of old broken radios and things like that. And if they needed anything yeah. a bit, you know, high tech, they would just rummage through all these old circuit boards and ribbon tape and things like that. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't it weird that they, they, they went with having to show a circuit. Now you could get away with just showing a sphere or something and saying it's, that's but the they technology. And people... They, 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 they but... could have got, you know, like a shampoo bottle lid, yeah. sprayed it silver and stuck it on his head. But no, they have to show that it is some sort of circuitry. So that's what they do. Yes. How does he wash his hair when he's got this thing? on the top of his head like uh, perhaps he doesn't oh okay didn't even think about Ooh. that yeah um and he's doing that hand pulsing and gripping thing isn't he you know he's his hand is in like spasm because... yes that that's the that's the standard tv way of showing that you've got mental yep. instability isn't it that hand yeah. flex so uh, because of all this blake puts him in restraint and i like the restraint thing these bands <laughs> with torch heads on the underside um which makes your arms lift up basically that's all it seems to do 
Yeah. Well, I, I, when they put him over it and you think that's not going to keep him in, but then at least they make, they go with the thing where it's obviously some sort of field. Yes. That's obviously generated by bubble wrap, which is <laughs> interesting because that's what's on the inside of those things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like that, that it wasn't just the normal sort of Star Trek style of restraints where you think, oh, he could get out of that. Yeah. Yeah, they're not straps. They are proper, like, high-tech no. restraints. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. which I, I thought that was really good. It is unfortunate they, they have used torch heads and um, bubble wrap. But yeah. we said before, you know, bubble wrap at that time was kind of rare. I mean, have you noticed in yeah. um, The Empire Strikes Back, when you see Luke in, in the cockpit of his uh, snow speeder, the, uh, the seatbelt straps that come down over, over his shoulders and down, they've got two nice little neat strips of bubble wrap on them. I never noticed. Yeah, no, that there. Go and have a look. Ruined it. Yeah, Luke Skywalker has bubble wrap. There is bubble wrap in the Star Wars universe as well as the Blake Seven and Doctor Who universes. Yeah. So who's to say though, like in an infinite universe, that bubble wrap isn't something else elsewhere that's not? They've used the same sort of thought process and got a different thing for it. You don't know. Who's to say? Who's to say? Yeah. Um, Callie objects to all this. She finds it kind of like barbaric that they're having to strap down one of their friends. Um, And she's got a point. Um, But Blake says the limiter is there to stop him killing, uh, but it didn't even slow him down. Um, So, Which is, that's another interesting point, isn't it? The limiter is there to stop him killing. Mm. Yeah. So not to stop anything else, just to stop him from killing. So presumably that means he did a lot of killing. Yes. Yes. Yeah, there's more to this, isn't there, than than he's letting on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's it. He's in his restraint, and um, and that's that. Um, And we next go to the flight deck, and Blake and Avon are discussing what to do. And I really like the exchange between the two of them here. Well, all systems cleared and functioning. Well, that's something, anyway. What about Gan? He's still out. We've run the diagnostic checks. It might show up something. Yes. And that something will tell you what you already know. Why don't you face it? Because I don't know what to do about it. I mean, if it is the limiter, I don't know how we can help him. Unless neurosurgery is one of your particular talents. Unfortunately, no. Suppose Zen gave us the necessary information and detailed instructions. Oh, come on, Blake. This is not something you do by numbers, not even highly sophisticated ones. This is an area that has remained the exclusive province of specialists. Yes, I know. I know. There are quicker ways that you could kill him, but there are none more certain. Blake, Avon, do you want to come down? Jenna's running the test now. We're on our way. Well, are you coming? I'll be with you in a minute. Zen, reverse thrust and stop. Confirmed. I want a hard print on the following information. Because Blake suggests getting info from Zen and doing the surgery themselves. And I love Avon's, you know, line about, you know, there's quicker ways but none more certain to killing him. Yeah. I um I was just going through my notes for this the the last scene and there was a couple of bits and I thought yeah so did you notice that the um the medi computer was Gan the voice no yeah the the medi computer is David Jackson and it's like really? hang on that's Gan Gan oh, yeah I didn't but that. I I can justify that by saying that it takes on the 
the voice of whoever it's scanning. That would be weird. I'll go with you know. That would be yeah. Weird. I'll go with that. And also, what I thought was the um, Anne's comment of the the year when we were watching it, when Avon said is showing them the limiter and says, uh, "You can see it quite clearly." And Anne went, "You can see it from orbit, mate." <laughs> That's a good line as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Did you notice the uh, the flubbed line here um, when Avon and Blake are talking? Avon says to Blake, "Are you coming?" And uh, Gareth Thomas's line is, "I'll be along in a minute." But he goes to say it just as Avon speaks. They talk oh, over yes. each other, but yeah, I yeah they, that, they, they don't break character. That, uh, and he just repeats it. But yeah, it, it's an instance of uh, a bit of a flubbed line. Yeah, I don't mind that though, because in real life well, we, we talk do. over each no, other. We right flub now. our lines. Yeah, we say we the wrong do the thing. Whole, we talk. Carry on talking, yeah, just all, like that. How time. annoying is that? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just, it's, <laughs> we're in a Hawks movie, aren't we? Um, but so I don't mind that, and I I sort of miss that because you modern. I mean, especially like modern Doctor Who. There's no fluffs in it. They they've got the time to edit out or redub it, or they. And I love um, this era television program where you couldn't afford to do it so if, unless it was a major flub um you just went on with it and the yeah, actors yeah. carried you on could also it. you know say that about the special effects as well they haven't got the time to redo something and it, it, it's yeah. part of the appeal and it's part of the charm of all these shows isn't it i think so yeah it's like if it does the job no, nothing nothing in any of these is 100 percent believable so as long as you get to the point where you can yes. suspend your disbelief it's yeah, done the absolutely job. right. Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. I think. Yeah. All right. Uh, but, you know, suspend your disbelief um, was kind of hard for me in the next bit because the next bit is the diagnostic analyzer, which is this pink plastic thing that Jenna's using. I don't know what the heck they've used, but uh, that's a bit rubbish. Yes. Yeah. It, um, it's, yeah. It, that, you know, we were, what I was just saying about suspending your disbelief. Yeah, forget it. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. um, but they find some neurological damage and uh, they realize that surgery is needed right away. And yeah. Avon says to turn on the Boray scan. What the heck is a Boray scan? Uh, I don't know. I Isn't Boray some sort of gas or something? I, I think don't... it is a gas. Yeah. But here it's an X-ray. It's an X-ray of his head. Um, and it shows a lead from the circuit board going right down into his head, yeah. you know. And yeah. Avon, know it all Avon, now knows how to, you know, like play around with that. And he notices a section of uh, a section that's burnt out. It's He says it's not his field, but he does tend to know an awful lot about yeah, it. Yeah, because he's an ex- yeah. He's an expert on yeah. limiters, isn't he? Obviously, <laughs> He's now. an expert on everything. Yeah, they decide they need a neurosurgeon yeah, to sort this out. And uh, and the next thing, we're up on yeah. the flight deck, and you've got this brilliant plexiglass screen showing the star systems then as narrowed uh, down that might be useful. And that's in the place usually where the camera is for filming the flight deck. And it's also where that, that airlock yeah, we... was in, uh, in, in the second ever story, wasn't it? This, this is where we figured the, that the airlock was. The airlock would be. We, we've never seen this before, though, have we? So I don't know. Is this, again, what like the the picnic table and Avon's little Ikea trolley. Do they wheel this out? I think they've we never used this, this before and they will never use it again. No, I think I, I've got a vague recollection that they do, do use this again, unless I'm just thinking of this. I don't know. I don't know. Um, and Jenna says that the planet, planet Epinal is out as, as uh, they're hostile to humanoids 
Homo sapiens in particular. Here we go. Not all aliens come from Earth. You know, if, if you've got a, uh, a planet where the in, indigenous population is hostile to humanoids, they're not humanoid, are they? Yeah. So they- but then they could be uh, wolves. <laughs> A wolf, a wolf is hostile to a humanoid. Space. Admittedly, you wouldn't go to a wolf. Yeah, a space wolf. You wouldn't go to them for space medicine, would you? But yeah, yeah. So, so that's that. Avon asks why XK seventy two isn't on the list, and Zen says the flight time would be too long. To uh, which Avon disagrees. Two hundred hours. That's our best alternative. And there is another one, even closer. Not on the listings we've been given. Zen, why is XK-72 not listed? XK-72 is outside listed parameters. Specify. Flight time from this position is in excess of 600 hours. Conclusion is incorrect. Recompute distance and flight time. What is XK-72? It's a space laboratory. A permanent research facility financed by a consortium of neutral planets. Two specialist fields, weaponry and space medicine. An interesting combination, don't you think? How do you know all this? I looked it up in the data banks. It was information that I thought might prove useful to me. A bolt hole. Somewhere to run if things get too hot here. The thought had crossed my mind. Why haven't you told us about the station before? Presumably, if he goes there with us, he'll be identified. You can say goodbye to one bolt hole. How far is it? 150 hours. Confirm. Flight time is 643 hours. Direct flight. Direct flight would necessitate crossing a prohibited space zone. Prohibited? Specify. The zone has been designated as containing unacceptable danger. What sort of danger? Data is not available. To you or just to us? There is no data of any kind just the unacceptable risk designation. Confirmed. If the direct route to XK-72 is 50 hours shorter than our nearest alternative, then that can be the difference between life and death for Gan. And for us. Realistically, it's his only chance. I agree with Jenna. You do? I have never taken things on trust. I see no reason to make an exception in the case of a mysterious warning of danger. Neither do I. Right, let's get to it. Don't I get asked? Zen. Set navigation computers for direct route to Space Laboratory XK-72. Speed standard by six. Rejected. You cannot reject a direct command. Justify that rejection, please. Your command reduces to an order to self-destruct. This runs counter to prime directive. Zen obviously believes there's something nasty in that zone. It has no data. It is acting upon an instruction, an order not to enter the zone. Then we'll go on manual. Jenna? Ready. Compute course and let's get started. Yeah. So, lovely. This is some great uh, Avon. I mean, Avon's brilliant anyway, but this is some great Avon lines. It's, I really enjoyed this Avon, scene. Avon and Zen in this. When Zen is just about to say rejected, you know, and yeah. Avon's getting really quite narked, isn't he? Yeah. He doesn't like that computers contradict him, does he? No, no. He doesn't like anybody That's contradicting true, yeah. him. Yeah. Yeah. Now, he says that XK-72 is a space laboratory. Do we allow that, or does it go on the list? Uh, I, think, I think space medicine has to go on the list, but I think space laboratory is, is legitimate because it's a laboratory in space. Yeah. 
So yeah, because yeah, we have a space station. Yeah. So right. I, I think we, that we'll 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 uh, we'll cut them some slack this time. We'll allow that, but no, not space medicine. You know, medicine no. is medicine. It doesn't. That's like saying, um, you know, uh, land medicine or marine medicine. Medicine is medicine, isn't it? Yeah, I'm. I'm. Yeah, you, if you if a doctor said I'm an expert in ship medicine. Yeah. You'd go, you're an idiot. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, we'll allow that then. Um, but uh, yeah. we also find out that it's a bolt hole that Avon was planning to run to. Uh, well, we find out that out when Villa, Villa's figured it out. And he's got this smirk on yeah. his face, hasn't he? As he says, it, oh, it's a bolt hole if things get too tough. He, he is much, yeah. much cleverer than people give him credit for. Vill- yeah, Villa's brilliant in this episode because he he's the one that figures all of this out mm-hmm. isn't he yeah. he he's he's the hero this is a villa Every... story really it's not a gang yeah story. i a think villa so story. yeah yeah villa's usually the the hero in all of these but never gets the credit no and it's such a shame it's such a shame it is got to tell michael keaton this hey michael yeah <laughs> you were the hero yeah. of the it should have been called know. Villa's seven. It should have been called Villa's Seven yeah. or Villa and six other people. Yeah. Well, yeah, apparently this XK-72, it's specialised. That, that's an odd combination, isn't it? Weaponry and space medicine. They're kind of like, you know, yeah. complete contradictions. They're the opposite end of the spectrum. We, yeah. We shoot you and, and then we mend and then you we afterwards. Cure you. <laughs> yeah. But also it's only 150 hours flight time away. Uh, but Zen says direct flight isn't possible because the zone is prohibited due to an unspecified danger. And it's at that point that, you know, Blake decides to go through, which Zen rejects as it's basically self-destruct. Um, yeah, now, he, he, aren't there he's other, quite stern, isn't he, Zen, in this? Aren't there other cases, though, in, you, you know, the life of the Liberator where Zen does fly into dangerous areas? You know, you've got the whole... Um, uh, the black hole thing, which was, uh, you know, where the Tharn lived. You've got that thing yeah. in Moloch where, they, you know, they know uh, Serverland's ship disappears and they don't know what's happened, but they still go in on forward. Surely those sort of situations are self-destruct and Zen should have said, I'm not going any further. Well, it's interesting that Avon sort of mentions that in this, doesn't he? Because they're, they're, they're sort of trying to get out of Zen. What is it? What, why are you not doing it? And Avon says he's just programmed to not go into this. He doesn't know or care what it is. He's just, it's flagging up dangerous space. Whereas presumably the other, the other threats, although they were threats to the Liberator, they weren't in his database as a dangerous threat. As danger, yeah. oh, I suppose. So, so therefore, you know, flying through that that cloud of matter in Star One because it wasn't registered as dangerous, he allowed them to fly right through it. Yeah, in, in was that Star One or Terminal where he get he flies through the? Oh, sorry, Terminal. No, it's Terminal. terminal. It's yeah. the one that actually destroys him in the end. Yeah, See, he should have pulled. But back. he, de- yeah, he doesn't know that it's um, yeah, it's not been flagged up as a a menace to him as he so he's he's quite happy to it's like the web in the web isn't it he's quite happy to fly into yeah, it yeah yeah all right well blake says that all right then we'll do it manually and uh all functions are aborted because zen basically turns himself off the screen goes dead but i love the way they've got a mini backup screen just by the weapons rack there you yeah know? i i love this so a they fly by sight yes doesn't seem sensible and b that high-tech vision panel has got a, a nailed together wooden edge to it so it's lovely yeah that wasn't made on the fly was it no no um, there doesn't seem to be anything there because you know they're just 
going by what they can see. So they start through. Yeah. And I like this bit because at this point, this is when, you know, the light bulb pings on or, uh, above Avon's head. Blake, there's something we haven't thought of. What? Systems instability. We have never operated without the auxiliary computers before. You mean they've been compensating for things like their passage? They've made every minor adjustment that the systems require, and the chances are that they are now going to require a lot. Because computer control is part, part of, of the basic, basic design, design concept. Damn. We are going to have to turn back. Jenna, stand by to reverse the course. Look, we've set out to save Gan, and that's what we're going to do. But you don't understand. Neither do you. We're committed. I intend to go on flying this ship, even if all systems go into a flat spin. But that's exactly what will happen. All right, Avon, that's enough. And um, I like Paul Darrow's acting towards Blake, because, you know, he runs across and he kneels down by Blake and, um, and says there's no uh, system stability because the computer isn't controlling things. And I like the way he, he's, not, he's not saying, Blake, you're an idiot. He is actually, you know, trying to convey this information to Blake as two colleagues would do, as two friends would do. Yeah, he's 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 trying to explain it in a way that Blake will understand mm. in a logical manner. Yeah, he's not he's not threatening or anything right. like that. He's saying this is what's this is what's happening and this is the consequence. But he's also he's he's the only outcome he's got is that Blake will hear this and go, "Of course, logically, you're correct. Let's not go through that." He's totally flummoxed when Blake says no we he, are doing it doesn't he? and jenna yeah. you know jenna you know um hero worshiping blake you know she goes along with it i mean avon is saying look we've got to go back and and jenna says no because blake said no and uh, and he's not very happy and that's when avon turns around and yes that's when he does warn blake and says look you know this, this isn't on um but we we next get the animated liberator i'd forgotten how many times we see the animated liberator um flying through space and uh, we cut to the sick bay, and um, and that's when Ga Gan wakes up and he tries his restraints, and he's very evil looking there. Yeah, um, he's, and then pretends to be he's asleep. Snidey, isn't he? he is, yeah, and he pretends to be asleep when Cali uh, comes in. Um, and as I say, I mean everything up until now, we've seen the Incredible Hulk Gan. Now we're seeing, you know, Jack the Ripper Gan, if you like. Yeah, because you know? this is not just brain malfunction, angry. This is calculating cold-blooded murder isn't yes. it this is he's, oh, he's and and that's what made me think i uh, perhaps this is gan perhaps gan is a horrendous person and uh the limiter is you know the the gan we know and love is the limiter yeah but but if if the crew worked that out and this 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 creature that's on 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 the on the uh, uh little couch there is the real man? Wouldn't that freak you out for the rest of the time that you know him? What what happens if it switches off again? Yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, this is it's, it's that conundrum, isn't it? Is uh, should you be judged by your past? So he's done horrendous things. The fact that he he no longer does those horrendous things does that counteract? It's... No, no. But the reason he's not doing those. Oh yeah, it's purely because he's got a, a mechanical device. Yeah. You know, he isn't a, a better person. If that is the case of him, hmm. Yeah, it's, I, I suppose it's. Would Would you be happy travelling about with a a known homicidal murderer who's in handcuffs? Hmm. Because that's and that's he, yeah, that's he's, what the he's got is. an electronic version of a handcuff. Yeah, that's what the limiter is. It, they yeah. are 
handcuffs. They are restraints. If this yeah. is the gang, you know, if this is the real gang, that's all that is. Yeah, and it's would yeah. Would you want to? Would you trust it to do that? It's like it's like yeah, it's I like would. living I'd with be, a killer. Kicking him out who's, yeah, it's like living with a killer who's not yeah. a killer because he's doped up all the time. You know, but supposing yeah. the drugs don't work anymore. You know, you're back to the killer. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, we, we we have a brief cutaway to Avon in that sub control room. Did you notice the computer panel from UFO? Um, uh, I had I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's the one one of the ones that uh, you know the BBC bought off of uh, yeah. Century Twenty One when they were moving, and yeah, that featured in Doctor Who, it featured in the Goodies, it featured everywhere. So uh, yeah, it, it, it's quite a classic one. I'll put it on Facebook so you can see it's a, a it's quite a wide horizontal panel, and uh, yeah, that is clearly from UFO. They've got their money's worth out of that one, then. They certainly have. But then we go back, and that's when Gan talks to Callie. And this is the point where you're thinking, okay, there's more going on here, because he's utterly charming and helpless here. Yeah. Callie, keep it steady. How are you feeling? Tired. Very tired. What's been happening? You were ill. We're trying to get to a place where you can receive medical treatment. I'm all right. Just that I can't remember. Why am I being held down like this? When the pain was too much for you, you became violent. And we were frightened you might harm yourself. I'm sorry. I just can't remember. I'd like to sit up. Help me, will you, Callie? I think you should stay where you are until we can get help. I'm all right. But it's uncomfortable. I'd like to sit up. There is some turbulence. You're safer where you are. Please. He's acting like Gan with the limiter. Yes. Which is interesting in its own right because that's that supposes that that whatever this Gan is, he knows what he is when the limiter's in place. Yeah. 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 It's it's deep stuff, really, for a, hmm. a show it about a, yeah. a man because... that's. Uh, just going yeah, I mean, I mean, he, yeah, he's utterly charming, yeah. you know, the whole please. And, and, you know, he managed to manages to persuade her to turn off the restraint and then properly attacks yeah. her, you know, and smiling as well as he throttles her. Yes. But then he gets pain again and, and he clutches yeah. his head and he staggers off. He um, reminded me of, um, to get our regular Monty Python thing and you know when dp gumby goes to the brain specialist because his brain's hurting and <laughs> he's hitting the side hurt. of his head it reminded me so much of that yeah my all, brain hurts all he needs is, is a knotted hanky on his head mark yeah that's all yeah there you go that's mark, all he needs please. he could have joined him <laughs> gan the gumby there you go Gum, gumby gumby, gumby gan, gan yeah gan, that's even better yeah that's his new name from now on shall we call him gumby gan gumby gan gumby. yeah i think that's a good i one. think by the time we finish this uh this podcast, we should have a Monty Python name for all the main characters. All right. So this yeah. is the first one. I'm making a note right now. Gumby Gan. All right. Okay. There's our first. All right. Okay. Um, where was I? <laughs> You've completely thrown me now. Um, um, so so he's attacked Callie yes. yeah, yeah. in a quite a yeah. violent Yeah. Luckily way. for Callie, you know, the pain comes back and he staggers off. Um, and yeah. then we go to the flight deck and uh, they're looking at the thing that has caught them, which looks to be some water going down a plug hole with a red filter over the camera. It's, it's nothing yeah. more Did you that. notice this is obviously where the red shot of the I Liberator did. comes from? I did. 
We yeah. thought maybe it had been used in something else. Uh, I'm sure it's. Yeah, it was too. It was too good for the episode. Yeah, I'm sure it's used later on in in aftermath in season three. Uh, but yeah, yeah, no, here it is. Yes, <laughs> and uh, Callie warns Blake. She comes in and and she's quite you know helpless and and apologetic about oh he escaped. Um, and at that point, that's when Gan enters Avon's room. I don't know why, out of all the rooms he goes in, why does he have to go in there, attacks Avon, and then for no reason whatsoever starts breaking the computer links? Absolutely no reason. Yeah, I I said I said that and answered that as well. It's like the whole are deliberated to go through. We've never been in no. this room before, so people don't, why have, why is suddenly he goes in there? And then the other thing is, uh, he has his little breakup spell. And then why are they keeping a pack of tranquilizer pads in that room? Oh, you noticed that as well. Yeah, yeah, they're just down at, yeah. at the side, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. So I I think that. Blake was meant to bring them in and perhaps on a previous take he had yeah. and put them on the floor yeah, and they've done another little bit of filming. Cause if you notice, he looks down, it's like, ah, and then he goes and picks them yeah, up. It is a bit of a fluff, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Um, but uh, yeah, th- this, um, this red water going down a plug hole, um, it's a gravitational vortex that's pulling them in. And Blake says, say so. yeah, Blake says the only way we're going to get through this is to fly straight through the center. And Jenna, yeah. you know, following him, uh, agrees, even though, you know, that must be lunacy to a, a, a pilot like her. Uh, but she believes yeah, in him. I, Jenna should be the one that's arguing all this navigation yeah. and flight stuff. It shouldn't be Avon. It should be Jenna because she's the trained yeah, pilot. Yeah, but she worships Blake, you know. That's and true, uh, yeah. so, yeah, she goes ahead. Um, they, uh, and that's when we get that, that the classic. <laughs> it's one of my favorite um, Avon yeah. lines about... Um, if they get through it, he's finished. Right, everybody, we're going to the centre of the vortex. Blake, in the unlikely event that we survive this, yes. I'm finished. Staying with you requires a degree of stupidity of which I no longer feel capable. Now you're just being modest. On my mark, five, four... Um, and staying with yes. Blake demands a degree of stupidity <laughs> he can't muster anymore. Yeah. I, I love that line. It's it's a superb line. That's that's a line you would sample off and have as your ringtone or something, the, or yeah. play it in a meeting. At the very end of this podcast, we're going to have lots of lists, you and I, and one of them is going to yes. be Avon's like top five lines or moments. And and yeah, and that this is that one. Be up there. Yeah, this is definitely at the moment. It, that's in my top five. I know what my number one's going to be of all time, but. Uh, I don't know about the others, but I'm making a note as we go, all right? And I advise you to do so as well, okay? Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's terrific. It's Yeah, it's, I mean, put, we we often say it that Paul Darrow is a great actor. He he is mesmerizing. When he when he's on form, he there's nothing tops him. But I have to say that Gareth Thomas is excellent in this mm. episode as well. Mm. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, one of my favorite Blake bits is in this episode, yeah. which comes a little bit later, one of my favorite Blake lines. Um, but yeah, superb. It's just that how can anyone find this boring? It's not boring. I, I don't understand why this story gets a drubbing. I really don't. I don't know. No. Is it because it's Gan? I don't know. I People Danist. No. I mean, come on, come on. It's it's Blake and his crew on the Liberator. Yeah, but they do get through. Um, and we got this really nice shot on film of the three foot Liberator moving up towards XK seventy two. Now, you and me, we are model makers of old, and therefore we look at XK seventy two and we uh, 
kit spot, do we not? <laughs> yes, yeah. we do. Now, we get quite a long, loving pan because Jenna asks, I think she asked Villa for a, a close-up shot. And so we get yeah, this. Yeah, I don't know why, why she I asked that other it. than to show off the model. I think it's padding. It, because it is rather gratuitous, but we do yeah. get the opportunity, you and I being, you know, uh, model makers and science fiction geeks, uh, um, um, you know, hardware geeks, we get to to look at XK72 and it's clearly a bunch of Saturn V segments. Um, yeah, yeah, Airfix Saturn V. Airfix Saturn V. Anyone that's ever built one knows these bits. I, bought, I mean i bought these and bought these and bought these you know and, and yeah. back then in those days they were very cheap i i could buy it with my pocket money you know um and yeah it's a bunch of satin five segments some ema parts and if you look at the front when it starts at the front and then when you see it at the back they've also got some satin five engine halves laid out around the front and rear in a, in sort of a, like a row I, I mean it's a simple quick enough design I'm, and martin bauer had done the same thing on Space 1999. The space station in Breakaway, the very first episode, yeah. was primarily these lovely Saturn V tubes. I think I think it works because that's what our brains have been attuned to expecting space things to look like, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. i tell you what, though. Yeah. I, w- I would love to have been the guy that owned the model shop just around the corner from Television Center. Yeah. Well, back then, you could get them in Woolworths. You could get Airfix kits That's in true. Woolworths, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. But, I mean, you know, if anybody wanted to recreate that now, it's easy enough. You know, you just do some swing yeah. grabs. But the cost now to do that, I mean, the, <laughs> I mean I, I, I've i looked at buying Saturn V kits for various, uh, you know, studio recreation uh, models, including this one. But, number one, it's where do you put it? Because that, that ends up being quite a sizable model. Yeah. But also... I don't think on eBay you can get a Saturn V five kit, even the most modern re-release, for less than like twenty five, thirty pounds. So you're talking over a hundred pounds just yeah. for the Saturn Vs to to build this model. Yeah, it's again, it, it, we, we've said this before, haven't we? That the stuff they made things out of is now worth an absolute fortune. In fact, if you yeah. own this actual model that was used in the program. It's probably worth more to break it down and sell it as satin five parts. <laughs> I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. Yeah. All right. So um, the station has called and says that the commander of the ship, because they have said that they are like you know from Earth and they're uh, you, you know this is a new Starlet ship on a training mission, um, and the station has said that the, the commander of the ship should go over, and. Uh, the, the Liberator crew have also found out that there is a neurosurgeon over there by the name of Kane. And uh, Callie also says that Gan is dying. Um, and then we cut to inside the station, and you've got Farron, who's the head of the station, uh, is there with Kane, our character, this week. And they're looking at a photo of the Liberator on a screen. I've never seen a ship remotely like it before. What do you think, Professor Kane? I'm a surgeon. I'm not terribly interested in spaceship design. You're one of our senior men. You share the responsibility for the safety of this station. Farron, I realize there is a place for administrators, but I'd be obliged if you'd remember where it is. Please don't presume to lecture me on my responsibilities. So sorry, Professor. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it, I like this shot because it's they're, they're both sort of mesmerized by the Liberator, as they should be. Um, I noticed it was that his offices, which understandable, although it's meant to be a neutral station, it's made from Federation office walls, isn't it? It's that it's Serverland's office, isn't it? Basically, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
And Farron, he he wants the shuttle examined when the command. Yes, comes I love over. that. That's but, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's when Blake teleports. In. And this here, we've and got proof that you can hear the teleport. You can because you, you both, hear it before both it hears. They both turn around, don't they? And exactly. I love that audio. Yeah, I'm going to play the clip of it here, and you get a lovely, you know, um, unfiltered, you know, un, you know, messed with. You get the sound effect of the uh, of the. Uh, teleport effect yeah and blake comes in and uh here we are here's kane old julian glover our character of the week um well what can you say about julian glover he's brilliant you know every class. scene he's he is, yeah, there's the word utter, utter class and i love the fact yeah, this he's... character is 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 a character that you know that julian glover does very well this could be you know um uh, the guy in star wars that he plays um, this yeah. could be, you know, the guy in uh, the Indiana Jones film. This like pompous, stuck-up, arrogant toff, you know. This is this is how I think Shrinker should have been played. He's unapologetic. It's this is my viewpoint. I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah, and I yeah. think this is how Shrinker should have been played, rather than the cringy coward yeah. he was. Um, but yeah, I, Julian Glover, he's just, he's superb. As I, I can't, I was, when we were watching this and I couldn't think of a, anything I've seen him in. He's, he's, we were, when we, yes, we were doing a, um, effectively speaking, um, and we were discussing Peter Cushion and saying that every single time Peter Cushion acted, he put his all into it. Mm. And I think Julian Glover's in the same boat that he never, ever gives anything less than a, a brilliant performance to the point where, I mean, uh, Anne was sort of watching him and she said, um, I feel sorry for that other guy in the scene. And I said, why? She goes, because he ain't got a chance. This guy's out acting him. Yeah. You watch Julian Glover, don't you? And it's true. Yeah. 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 No, no. He is terrific. I, I, he, he is brilliant this. And yeah, when he starts talking, um, you know, you don't really notice Farron anymore. Um, no. Straight away. <laughs> so uh, he's gone. Straight away, Kane says he'll go with Blake. Um, over Farron's yeah. objections. And I love this. I think this is the only time in the show's history where you see two people teleport and the camera stays on them, but the background changes. It's yeah, brilliant. I think, yeah, I think I think we do see it. I'm sure you we see, see it, it in one of the others. Yeah, in one of the early ones when Blake's teleporting and we see that. But, yeah, this I, I love the fact that um, that Kane is very much, oh, stuff you're... Yeah, rules and regulation and red tape. I want to go and see this yeah, ship. Yeah, which I think it's just—it's it, so well played and so believable. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right. Well, he—he he assumes that that federation doesn't he? Um, and it yeah. is a test run of this new design of ship. And um, you know, it's like oh, fascinating, fascinating. He, he seems quite interested. Yeah, he's—he's—he's he's, he's impressed though, isn't he? He—he's—he sort of says. Um, Ah well, obviously, when the Federation wants something, the Federation do it properly, sort of thing. He's he's impressed that this yes, could be a yes, Federation yeah, ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Avon says he'll go over to the station to bring back, you know, Kane's assistant. Um, and I like this bit here as well, where he stops before he goes and he asks Villa why he's with Blake. Yeah, and and Villa says I like yeah, him. Lovely. And um, you know, Avon says, well, that's not a good enough reason. And uh, Villa says it is for me, and the fact I've got nowhere else to go. I like that. That 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 little exchange wasn't necessary. Um, and I don't know if this yeah. is like a bigger picture, you know, that Terry Nation and 
Chris Boucher were building up, you know, this antagonism and this split between Avon and Blake, because we've already had one instance in this story. Now we've got another one of, you know, just Avon probing and putting in the idea of, you know, uh, maybe splitting and or dumping Blake. Yeah. And also, was he was he testing out Villa to see whether Villa would go with him? Mm. If Villa would have said... Oh, if I had it somewhere else, you know, I'd be off like shit. I, I don't trust Blake. But would Avon have confided him in? I get that feeling that, again, Avon has this act of that he always wants to be the lone and he's the lone wolf and he's the loner and yeah. he doesn't trust anyone. And when he has trusted people, they've let him down. But he's constantly needing someone there, isn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. Because he did it with Jenna, didn't he? In um, yeah. when we were talking about the car episode, he, he he was talking yeah. to Jenna and saying about, "Come on, we can go, we can go." He can't do it alone, and he is. He's looking for allies, no. isn't he? This this is the equivalent of when you fancy a Chinese, but you're trying to get your other half to say they fancy a Chinese. <laughs> so it's not your because idea because you don't. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I think this is the same with Avon. He's constantly seeing if if anyone will almost push him into going yeah. it's it's superb it's such a good and again you you're right it didn't need no. to be there and it is and it's such a, a humanizing this is what this is what changed this is what makes blake seven much more interesting although i love star trek but it's so much more interesting than the star trek crew in that these people they're 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 thrown together through happenstance but they're not mm, really there yeah, by choice yeah. they're not choosing to serve with one another they're not old comrades this is much or more old believable, friends isn't it? it's or... much more realistic yeah. you know to, to have these it's people much, who much are just thrown together yeah. through happenstance unlike you know the federation of star trek where you have a crew that have gone through training and they are there all for yeah. the same reason you know these these people shouldn't really be together it's only circumstances that's actually put no. them together, and I love that. I love it. Yeah, it's 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 such a clever idea, um, and again, um, it, Firefly takes that from it. So you got the the same sort of idea of a crew that that doesn't really say, but you get you get a feeling with Firefly. But they they still put that little blanket of when push comes to shove, they they all would have each other's back. They all would have loyalty where they haven't here. If, no. if Avon thought no. it would benefit his situation to betray Blake, and we've seen this in a few episodes, he would do it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a mutiny in the making, yeah. basically, isn't it? It's the early stages of a mutiny. Yeah. That's what Avon is doing. The only reason Avon doesn't go, I think, is because in the back of his mind, he wants the Liberator. Yes, he does. He's, oh, he's waiting for Blake to blink first and then the Liberator's his. Yeah, yeah. Which yeah. is, that's what makes a mockery of season three when Tarrant comes aboard and he's so, he, you know, he just lets Tarrant act as if it's his ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would never happen. It Avon would... would kill him before. <laughs> Allowing that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or the Avon we know yeah. as Avon. Yeah, this is the true Avon that we've got here. Yeah, yes. Yeah. All right. Well, Blake tells Villa to keep the assistant in the teleport bay. Um, and that's when Dr. Renal comes over. And Blake asks Jenna to pump Renal for information on Kane. Very dodgy, this. This yeah. is very 1970s. This is, yeah, this is Blake pimping out it, Jenna, oh. isn't it? To, you know, fl 
flat your eyelids and use your, your this feminine is, this charms. Is not too and, dissim- yeah, this yeah, is not I, too it, dissimilar to, to Villa in Spacefall saying to Jenna, well, that could have gone better. You know, when, when you know, she, uh, yeah. she blanks and, and rejects, um, you know, Raker's advances. This is all a bit dodgy. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. Ah, Jenna, this is Professor Kane's assistant. His name is... Arino. And I had a feeling this was going to be a good day. Yes, well, don't let your feelings run away with you. Oh, a sense of humour, too. I love girls with a sense of humour. Yes, I can see where that would be an advantage. This way, please. Do you believe in love at first sight, Jenna? Not yet. It, do- it does make you wonder, though, that if Blake thought that would have helped them on the the, the London, would he have asked yeah. Jenna to accept Raker's advances? But this this instance, this one here, it doesn't go anywhere. As far as we know, she doesn't glean any information about Kane and then relates it back to Blake. So yeah, it, no. it doesn't really do anything. I mean, she goes to meet Renal, and it is out and out Leslie Phillips time. Yeah, it's like hello, ding dong. Well, he, he he does the Leslie Phillips hello hello hello. That, I'm yeah. sorry, Terry Thomas. Terry Thomas always said three hellos when he met a lovely yeah. lady, a bit of crumpet. You know, it was always hello hello hello. <laughs> ding dong. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's ding. Very, very 1970s. This is one of the this. Doctor films, isn't it? This is Doctor in Love or yeah. something like that. You know, Renal should be yeah. wearing Leslie Phillips's white surgical, you know, overalls. Yeah, this is Doctor in Space. <laughs> It is. It's so carry on. It's so Terry Thomas. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, we not too long ago were talking about Jarvik and it's all uncomfortable. This is, this is just laughable. There is no yeah. underlining tone to this. He's just a Burke, isn't he, this renal? He's just a sexist yeah. Burke. Yeah, and, he, he's he's an idiot. He is he's an idiot. You know, to say to Jenna, do you believe in love at first sight? And then later on, you know, when Callie comes in to say, oh, this ship is full of pretty ladies. You know, he's just a yeah. complete and utter twerp. Oh, dear. Yeah, he's he's um, he's going to see HR, isn't he, in this yeah. day and age? he's He's got that meeting on oh, Monday. Dear, dear. But meanwhile, thankfully, that's quite short. Uh, meanwhile, you know, Avon is in uh, Farron's office there. I don't think you realise what you're suggesting. I'm offering you my services and, among other things, the secret of matter transmission. You are offering me classified Federation material. This is an independent, neutral scientific foundation. Suppose I tell you that the material does not belong to the Federation, that we are not Federation personnel, and that that is not a Federation ship. Then who does it belong to? Us. Who are you? Before I tell you that, I should like your guarantee that the others will be allowed to leave unmolested. Why should I give you that? You and your foundation stand to make a fortune. I am merely asking for your guarantee that you will maintain your neutrality and protect your investment. All right. You have my personal guarantee. Now, who are you? And uh, he's offering them the secret of teleportation along with his services. He's getting ready to sell out Blake, isn't he? You know, but he's not selling out totally yeah, because um, he says they're not Federation. 
Um, and before he tells, you know, Farron who they are, he wants Farron's word that the others be allowed to leave. So he's selling out Blake, but not in such a way to put Blake and the others in any sort of harm. Yeah, he. this is still civilised Avon, not yes. gunfighter outlaw Avon. He's got a and conscience, he, hasn't he? Yeah, he's got a conscience and he's he doesn't want it on his conscience that he's gotten killed. He would presumably be quite happy if, you know, 10 spatials along they get ambushed and blown up he doesn't care as long as he's not caused yeah. it he can solve his conscience to yeah. say he can I, live with I, that I, then, I was fair he? to them yeah yeah he can live with that then yeah 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 so um yeah um renal though he's arrived at sick bay and uh, kane i don't know when kane actually worked this out do you know when kane actually worked out that it's blake and his crew would have been helpful to have had one of them here. Do you know who these people are? Federation research team? It's Blake and his crew. The Blake? How do you know? They lie badly. Stannis. That's who she is. Jenna Stannis. <laughs> I've never met a celebrity before. Celebrity? These people are maniacs. Killers. Oh, come on. Mindless destroyers. But you don't know that. They are destroying the greatest force for order in the known universe. Order? Well, you've had a change of heart, haven't you? <laughs> I'm sure poor old Farron would be delighted with your new concern for the rule. Farron is a bureaucratic fool. I'm talking about stability, Renor. Stability. With no stability, there is no progress. Progress to what? Brain implantation? A dangerous psychopath, certainly. Or would you prefer he'd been executed? That's what you intend to do, isn't it? You're going to delay the operation so that Blake and his crew can be captured. I haven't decided yet. We'll delay much longer, and there won't be any decision to make. What are you doing? Not that it's any business of yours. I'm going to contact the nearest Federation base. I'll warn Blake. And lose the chance of working with the greatest surgeon you'll ever see. <laughs> You're too ambitious for that. Besides, I'm the only one who can save him. I reckon it was as soon as he teleported over. Do you think? Yeah, because some of the lines when he's proud and he's sort of saying about, oh, when, if the Federation wants her, I, I sort of thought, hmm, he's, is he, is he, does he know? Does he know now? And that's why he's saying this and he's actually, yeah. he's actually mocking. Yeah, I thought it was Federation. more when he, when he drops into that, you know, sub control room, you know, for no other reason other than they still had the set, you know, already, where he, uh, Blake says that he's a civilian. And that's when, um, and that's when Kane goes. Oh, interesting. I thought that was yeah. the moment when he, he he twigs something's up. Could be, yeah. I mean, it's 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 nice that he he twigged this and that this is the Blake. Yes, yeah, <laughs> the famous Blake. But right um, again, no, no photographs. No, no. So it could be it was just a very bad drawing, and that's why. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But you say about famous because just then that's when Renal goes uh, Stannis. That's Jenna Stannis. I've never met a yeah. celebrity before. So here we know that Jenna, Jenna was infamous. You know, she was known to be a smuggler, yep. you know, and, and an outlaw, you know. And, and this is, I'm sure this is why, you know, the character, you know, uh, Sally Nivet, you know, took on the role to be this, you know, like their version of uh, Han Solo. You know, I wish they had done more with this. I really yep. do. Yeah. Because doesn't in when we first meet, Jenna and um, Villa doesn't Villa say the uh, she's 
Oh, is he talking about Avon? He says they're no, very nearly it, famous. No, I think he's talking about her. Yeah, it's quite a nice and line. I, I, I like this idea that she's yeah, like, I think you know, it's, it's... like in, in olden days where you would have Anne Bonnie the pirate. You know, people knew about these people, you know, yeah. and, and, and they had a reputation. I, I love this. I wish they'd done more with Jenna. I really do. Yeah, it, it makes the world the world it makes the universe a bigger place doesn't it 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 just adds so much to it yeah um but uh you know kane disagrees he says they're maniacs that they're destroying the order of the federation i mean it's the whole nazi thing isn't it about you know well at least the trains ran on time and all like this you know um yeah and he probably puts his elvis boots up did you notice his elvis boots that he was wearing these like i didn't chips. know I didn't yeah yeah it. yeah yeah i recognize them well, immediately. he's a stylish fella isn't he it, i used to own a pair talking about being a stylish <laughs> fella yeah because those they, they can be called chelsea boots they can be called elvis boots they're like these like yep. white boots these pull-on boots with a bit of uh, elasticated uh webbing at the sides over the ankle um they are famously the boots for a stormtrooper in Star Wars, oh, right, they're exactly yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Kane is wearing stormtrooper boots, and I used to have a pair because you know in the in the five hundred and first, I used to be a sand trooper, okay, and so I needed a pair, and so yes, I know of of these boots because I used to wear these when I used to go out as a sand trooper. So do you think this is a, a subtle nod that uh, that Kane is a Nazi that he's a stormtrooper? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I do like this though that the the, the characterization of Kane. So he's not. You're right. He's not a an evil man. He's a he just likes the fact that the Federation brings order and you know strength for unity and that he's he likes his which is 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 weird because he poo pooed the bureaucracy earlier with the uh, the station commander, but he likes the order, mm. doesn't he? he doesn't yeah. like disorder. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Well, it's another Star Wars connection, isn't it? You know, General Veers. This is General Veers, not in his like, you know, um, you know, uh, General um, Walker outfit. Here he is wearing sand, uh, Stormtrooper booties. So, yeah. So this this is General Veers's great 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 great. I'll loop that for about five minutes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, and that's when Renal realizes he's going to delay the operation. Um, and that uh, Kane is going to contact the nearest Federation outpost. I, now, when he goes to do that, I'm thinking we've always said through this uh, this podcast that you know it is a analog universe. But Kane has got what looks like a mobile phone. I think this is yeah. the only time we actually see a digital device in the whole of the show's history. Uh, that thing is too small and too yeah. compact to be a uh, uh, um, you know an analog device. Yeah, it, you, you can't you can't imagine either. That's just a microphone for a much bigger device. You can't imagine in the Blake Seven world that that's going to get through to yeah, Star yeah. Command or whatever. And the arrogance of the man, you know, saying to Renal, "Oh, you pass up working with the greatest surgeon you'll ever meet." You know, this is a very arrogant man. Yeah, he's he's, but that's surgeons for you. Yeah, they are. Uh, they are uh, a bit in They're love with themselves. themselves. This is the point where you go from thinking. That, that he might be just misguided to you think no he's actually just a he's a knob any because yeah. he's 
as far, he's written Ganoff, hasn't he? As far as he's concerned, he's got a limiter. He's there yeah. for scum. Yeah. No, you're absolutely. But it right. makes you wonder how how widespread were was the use of these limiters. They could have put a limiter on Blake. You know, pr- presumably you can fine tune it. So it's not just it stops yeah. you if you're aggressive. It stops you if you have any sort of you know thought of rebellion or something like that. Yeah is is this is this like a cut down version of what they used to make a mutoid? It is it is this the beginnings of you know like the didn't we say that when, the, didn't we say less... that when we were talking mutoids that why go to the trouble of putting a limiter in just turn them into yeah. a mutoid Gan should have been a mutoid exactly yeah yeah why why a why did they go to the time and expense of doing this for mm. Gan uh, it, there's so there's so much in this that could be fleshed out nicely in it is he is he the son of a rich boy is he a rich boy guy? i love all this though I mean, we keep and, saying it i love yeah. the fact that you have questions i don't want everything explained to me this is what i don't like about you know all the no. star wars prequels and filling in the gaps and explaining stuff no no leave it open leave it open leave it up to your imagination yeah. as to why this was happening or who this person you can is. fill in anything you want then i don't want to see boba fett as a little boy i don't want to see that you know no Hmm. I don't want every every single thing that Boba Fett has ever done or wears explained in great you detail. You lose your coolness then. You lose it. Yeah. I don't want to see where Han Solo got his gun. Don't I really don't care. care his trousers. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. But three pursuit ships take the call and they're going to be there three hours. And um, um, Kane and uh, Reynolds, they're set up for the operation, but Kane's doing his nails. Um and we go back to the flight deck, and Villa is worried. He's smelling a rat here. You know, he knows something. Villa's up. working this he's out. He's worked it out. Yeah, far he's working this out much have. quicker. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny how the others don't, because he he sneaks off uh, with the gun from out the weapons rack, doesn't he? Yeah. Hmm. Nice to see that rack again. It's nice yeah. to see the rack. Yeah. Farron apologizes to Avon because by this point they've heard about the pursuit ships coming yeah. and uh, he offers uh, a place there on the base where he'll be safe and he'll protect him. Um, and Avon says he needs to go back to the Liberator for a few things. So at this point, Avon is ready to go, isn't he? Well, he, he was ready to go as soon as he works out that the Federation on the way and there's a likelihood that he's going to be safer on the Liberator. Do you think, instant, uh, do you think yeah, him saying, I mean, oh, I, I've got to go back for a few I things. Don't, oh, oh, right. He's changed his mind at this point. Yeah, I think because the way that Paul Darrow says it, it's it's the way you would say something where you're just you're using that as yeah. an excuse. But yeah, I I think Avon's twigged. He's now, I won't say he's regretting his decision, but he want he's getting back. And the only reason he's doing that is because he he thinks he's going to be safer yeah. on the yeah. Liberator. All right, okay, I'll take that. Yeah, um, Kane and Renault are now in their operating togs, uh, but he's still got his feet up. Um, it's brilliant now. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, yeah. Renal says oh, it's such a good yeah, Renal says he'll operate himself, and that's when Villa comes in. I'm going to operate myself. You'll kill him. Well, at least I'll have tried. You call yourself a doctor? No. He calls himself a genius. Ah. All right, genius. Time's up. I wondered how long it would take you. Well, you can stop wondering and start operating. Why didn't Blake come himself? Blake doesn't know anything about it. I thought it was better that way. He's got a conscience. He might not be prepared to kill you. And you are? Yes. If he isn't, I am. How did you get here? He sold us out to the Federation. Pursuit ships are only 45 minutes away. Are you going to operate or not? All right. You know, uh, with his weapon out, so to speak. Um, 
Yeah. And Villa says he didn't tell Blake what he's doing as Blake has a conscience and and he might not be prepared to kill Kane. So presumably Villa is prepared to kill Kane right here, right now, if he doesn't save his friend. Because that's what Villa's doing. Well, I I think, yeah, I think this is still this is still season one Villa where he is he is a killer. I think he's a killer mm, yeah, and Avon's yeah. not at this point, um, because we we've said before that there's a few instances where Villa's quite quick yeah. to the let's kill him. So I I I I think Villa is a killer. I think he's killed people. He's probably yeah. killed people from when he was very young, um, whereas. Uh, Avon is no, a civilized man. Point. I don't not think he has killed one. anyone. Yeah. Uh, but that's when Avon no. comes in and he says that the pursuit ships are 45 minutes away. Yeah. Um, Kane says he'll operate, but the slightest vibration of the ship um, when moving will kill Gan. So they've got to stay put. Um, Blake comes in and Kane has 20 minutes. And I like I like Julian Glover. It's like, oh, your threats don't bother me. Um, all nonchalant like that. Until Blake threats to destroy his hands. And I love the way, you know, Julian Glover, he looks up, doesn't he? Because as the realisation of what that will mean to him, if if this, yeah. this savage, as he is just about to call him, you know, crushes his hands, you know. Um, um yeah, this is this is one of my favourite Blake lines where he says that, and it's it's brilliant because Blake's works out where the lever is yes. for this guy, and it's it and even because he's not spoken to him before this. No, no, not at all. Well, they, they, they met in Farron's no. office and they so teleported it, over, but then Blake sort of yeah, goes. Was, I don't know where Blake yeah. goes. He sort of he asks Zen about you know predictions for you know where is the nearest Federation base and stuff like that, but Gareth Thomas disappears for a large chunk of this uh, story uh, and then comes back here and yeah, and threatens him with, by destroying his hands. Do you think he would have gone through with it? How soon can you complete? 35 minutes, do it in 20. Or you'll kill me. (laughs) No, no, no. In 25 minutes, I'm returning you to your station. If you haven't completed your work, your threats don't bother me in the least, you know, I shall destroy your hands. 20 minutes. Twenty minutes is more than enough time to complete. Are you defending their behaviour? I can't defend ours. Um, yeah, I think Blake would. I think he would. I think he's he's a lot more ruthless than he sort of lets on. Um, I don't. Yeah, that's actually. Yeah, I think he would. But how would he have done it? Would he have got? Oh, I don't think he would. Uh, I don't think he would have done it. He would have got someone would else. Would he have to do like it. shot his hands? How do, how do you destroy someone's hands? Do you put them in a vice? What do you do? How do you do it? Does he bash him with that uh, box that he bashed um, um, well, Gan with? Yeah, you could do it old school, couldn't you? A hammer. Yeah, maybe a hammer. You know, space hammer. The, the, the cray way. Um, the a cray space way. hammer. Yeah, it'd have to have silver cray paper way. on it. Um, <laughs> shoot him trouble is those guns are so unpredictable aren't it it could be anything from taking taking his hand off to a slight scorch we we are later <laughs> on going to have a points. special episode on weapons in in blake seven and that is one of my questions yeah. is what exactly does the, the the liberator weapon fire and how does it work because yeah that's a bit of a mystery to me even now yeah well a lot of people say it's an uh, it's an uh a sound device isn't it it's a it doesn't fire anything. It's a sound. 
acoustic weapon. So it sings somebody to death. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll carry yeah. on. We'll carry on that with uh, with a special thing. But uh, yeah, no, yeah. He says he's going to destroy his hand. So you know, Julian Glover, he's got no choice. But he's got he's got to go ahead with the operation. And we get this long protracted, you know, uh, scene of him doing the operation and everything. And uh, yeah, which is hilarious in its own right when they show because they do the old um, needle going back up into the handle of the syringe yes. type trick. But A, they, they go too close on it, so you can see that the metal bit's not moving. But B, also, it's they're, they're a good, like, nine inches long. Are they going down into, like, Gans' throat through the top of his <laughs> Where is this thing going? That yeah. is a very good point. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, they do the operation. And then I, I do love as well, they, they show the close-up of the... Uh, and it's like he's resoldering yeah. it. It's I so see. funny. <laughs> Oh, it's so sweet. But no, they do the operation and uh, he's ready to go back to the station. That's where the fault was, in the limiter, there. And there it is repaired. If you survive, so should he. Is there any way we can thank you? You could try getting caught. Um, And Blake says to him, you know, uh, is there anything we can do, you know, to thank you? And he says, well, you could try to get caught which is a good line, yeah, because he's yeah. still got that insufferable arrogance. You're right, this, this is how Clegg should have been all the way through. Um, yeah. Uh, the Liberator turns to go, um, Fallon and Kane are arguing, and Fallon makes the mistake of striking Kane's hands, okay? You, yeah, he you touched, touched his my hands. hands. <laughs> and gets death by telephone. I didn't realise they still had telephones in Blake Seven's universe, but yeah, he gets beat to death with a telephone. Doesn't that show you, though, that you, it would be hard to murder someone with a mobile phone? Unless you choke them to death on it. Yes. Yeah. Or you call someone else out to come and kill them. But, yeah, you, couldn't, you can't beat someone to death no, with a not, mobile no, phone anymore. No, no. Um, <laughs> they call it pro. <laughs> the Liberator leaves. Um, when it leaves, did you notice, it's a very odd angle. You've got the, the space station in the background, but it's the underside of the Liberator. Um, flying towards yeah us. i th- i thought it was a lovely shot and i actually wrote down in my notes this liberator is reversing <laughs> it's such a good you never normally you, see you it don't, reversing. you don't and and when it does move forward you've got the underside usually you you, you see a side-on view yeah. you never see it from the top you never see it from the bottom but it's a side-on view um yeah because the, the you can tell by the ball can't you the yeah the, yeah the yeah rear, when there's a line the yeah ball. around the ball yeah. you've got a horizontal line that goes around the waist um and it's not visible here you can just see the ball and it is the underside yes um plasma bolts are fired um one misses and uh the station is destroyed while kane is staring at his yeah hands. this just, this is the only bit i wish they hadn't have done there was no need to destroy the space station no. there was no need it would have been much better to just not do it and then you've got kane living with his guilt yeah. um and looking at his hand it, it it was a bit too much of the oh let's let's sort of tie everything up in a neat bow to have it explode yeah i'll tell you what's odd as well is you've got the guy on the communicator saying farron what are we going to do what is farron going to do it's a space station what can you do about a plasma bolt that's coming towards you uh, duck. Duck. <laughs> the whole space yeah. station. Also, ducks. did did you notice? You know, we we were talking about um, 
back in uh, Redemption when the Liberator explodes and it has a, a little fuel tank that flies out the explosion. Yeah. We said, where the hell is that on Liberator? It's from this. The explosion is this. They hard cut to this explosion oh, right. and that tank comes flying out again, which makes sense because there's round tank things on the space station well, I, sticking yeah, out. I, I did think that they had actually blown up. They had actually really, really did blow up the, uh, you know, the, the XK-72 space station. And that's why it's never on in any ex- exhibitions. But yeah, that, that makes total sense. There are these tank things from EMA all over that model. So yeah, that's what we're seeing then. Oh, I hadn't spotted that that's the thing from uh, Redemption. Yeah, which is, it's weird though that, that we because when the liberator explodes it must be so mm. nicely cut together that we've we haven't twigged that what was exploding wasn't yeah. you know the liberator it was, yeah really um nicely done but it's nice watching it out of order like this so many of these things are thrown up where we're answering our own questions yeah. with different little bits that you wouldn't not you wouldn't notice watching them in order. I, I do apologise to anybody out there who's shouting at us as we're going. Oh, I don't think you know you can communicate to other yeah. people. You can only communicate with the liberator, and people are going, "No, you don't." <laughs> yeah, we're yeah yeah we're we're discovering this in an odd non-linear yeah. way, aren't we? Yeah, that people go in episode thirty-eight. Blah yes. blah 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 blah. Yeah, yet. we. <laughs> yeah, which is, I mean, by all means, if we do get something wrong, which we're bound to almost every word we say, yes. um, let us know. You know, pop it on the Facebook yes, page yeah, or whatever, because because yeah. it's not we're we're not saying that we're experts on any oh, of this. Of we're almost coming at this as as viewers almost watching it for the yeah. first time, yeah. even though we're big fans. We're, we're both. There's 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 a gap enough of a gap on most of these episodes that we haven't watched them in and years, we, and we're viewing them in a completely different way to how we've ever watched them before. Yeah. We're, we're viewing them with a view to talking yeah. about it, which is a new experience for you. Yeah, and you know, yeah, you notice so much more by doing it that way. You're not you're you're not just casually watching mm. the program. You're watching for everything, and you're looking at all the sets, and you're looking at all the. The, you know yeah. the different things and the, like you say the little the little recurring motifs and that and it's yeah it's fascinating yeah, yeah. it's i'll tell you really. what i i think the reason i didn't notice that tank coming out of the explosion was i was too busy looking at the sparks which were falling down from the explosion yeah that that, that, that yes that yeah. mm. um but after that we get I, i'm thinking this might be no that no there's one in season three that's worse than this but this is one of the worst endings of Blake Seven, like you've said before, they felt oh. the need to have some sort of like comedy laugh moment at the end. And this one about you know yeah. um, saying about you know well welcome back and that it's just so false and it's so fake and not genuine, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it also it's interesting that that Gat, you know they're talking to Gat and then uh, Blake's first thing is uh, when can you get back uh, back to work. So Blake does see these people as his crew. He doesn't see them as friends or no, no. The, these are his crew facilitating his rebellion, isn't it? Mm. Um, whereas everyone else is like, how are you, Gan? How are yeah, you feeling? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Blake says, uh, yeah, you've already missed half your yeah, shift. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm going to dock yeah. your pay. Yeah. yeah. So that's it. I mean, that, that the story's over. Um, but I was wondering, you know, um, in this story, what do you think would have happened to Blake and the rest of the crew, if Avon had decided to stay on the station and was killed here, you know, um, what would have happened to the rest of season one onwards, you know, if you didn't have Avon's influence? I was looking at the episodes, okay, 
that came after this. And yeah, uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm presuming the rest of season one would have kind of like played out as we saw it. Although Megat, you know, and that rocket might not have taken off in Deliverance because that was all down to yeah. Avon's influence. Um, and I'm thinking mainly all of season two would be the same, except they would have never got that um, code breaker in Killer because Avon wasn't there to talk to Tynus. Um, and all the rebels in Countdown would have died because of the whole, um, you know, uh, Del Grant thing. Um, but I think the biggest thing, if Avon wasn't around after this, would have been Star One, because Avon wouldn't have been there to intercept Travis when Travis arrives on Star One. And even if things had played out to the end, and, you know, somebody else had shot Travis after he shot Blake, um, I don't think anybody but Avon would have stood up to the alien fleet coming through. Um, like Villa says, this is stupid. Um, and I think, yeah, maybe Blake Seven could have gone off on a completely different tangent if Avon had gone. Well, I, I think it would, I don't think it would have got that far because um, assuming, assuming there's no other instances in uh, ORAC, uh, Avon saves Blake's life when Travis shoots him and he shoots his hand off and he says, what a great shot. Oh, I was aiming for his head. So Travis yeah. would have killed Blake. Travis oh, would then point. have been rewarded by Servalan. Servalan would have got Orac. Orac would have presumably allowed the Federation to take control. I don't think any of the others after, because who else was on the planet? Or was it Callie went down with him? So she would have been gone. Mm. Um, I, think, I think Villa would have then just skipped town in a Liberator and gone to live on his uh, but you would have had pussycat you would have had Villa, Yeah, you would have had Villa, Jenna and Gan on the Liberator with no Aurac. <laughs> that's that's, that's an inspiring crew, isn't it? Yeah, Villa's three. Yeah, and what one of them's Gan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Gan would have survived, wouldn't he? So Gan would have lived longer. Yes, yes. Actually, but would he, would he with Villa in charge? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm thinking... Yeah, I'm thinking there's a great series there because Jenna would have become a smuggler with the greatest ship in the galaxy. She would have gone. She would have like become the Han Solo. So she would have taken um, Gan control. would have let his hair grow and been a Wookiee. He Wookie. would be a Wookiee, um, and Villa would be yeah. what C-3PO. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I think there could have been a good series there, but without a, I mean, without Avon, I don't think they would have lasted very long because even if we didn't assume that the episodes played out as they did. I think Blake, as we've seen in this episode, is so negligent in operating the Liberator. I think within days mm. it would have blown up for some something yeah. that Avon's fixing or telling them not to yeah, do I, that, that Blake will go, no, I, I totally forgot about the, um, the, um, the thing about, you yeah. know, I was aiming for his head. Yeah, that's a key moment. That's a sliding doors moment, isn't it? Yeah. If, that, if, if, if Avon wasn't yeah. there, yeah. That, Big is, to do yeah. this. We need some fan fiction. What would have happened if, if you know, Avon? Yeah, because we, because at that point, Travis would have been rewarded. He would have got command of some death squad. He would have been happy as Larry. He wouldn't have betrayed the universe. The uh, Andromedans wouldn't mm. have got their toehold. Yeah, I think I think we can we can say that the universe would have been. A safer, probably a safer, if less free place. Yeah, yeah. Had well, interesting Avon stuff. I'm going to have to think some more. About. I might write a bit of fan fiction. Hmm. 
All right. Okay. Well, that's that over. So we'll go to yeah. behind the scenes. And um, I've got a bit of info on this. Um, uh, according to this, the episode was a heavily rewritten version of an earlier script called The Invaders. Okay. Now, the first part of this story was pretty much unchanged. Oh. But the original script, the Liberator traveled through a fluid cloud, you know, kind of like that one that was in Terminal, and a life form that only Gan could see. Okay. Um, yeah, but Gan, yeah. a life form a rain, came aboard the Liberator, space, and yeah. only Gan could see it. Okay, and th this life form ended taken uh, ended up taking on Gan's form. Okay, and uh, yeah, it's a bit of an odd one. Okay, um, and in, yeah, that's interesting. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's um, an interesting the visit story. to the space station. It, it was a much smaller part in this original version uh basically the the staff just performed the operation um and they gave the liberator time to get away uh before informing the federation it the the, the, the second half of this story is completely different like, all right so yeah julie julian glover uh, we've yeah. been talking about him julian glover you know classic brilliant actor um very memorable in everything he does um i know him from this i know him from city of death the Who story, um, General Veers in Empire Strikes Back, yeah. you know, Donovan in uh, The Last Crusade. I don't really know him from Game of Thrones. I know he's in it quite a bit, and I've only seen a little bit of Game of Thrones, only like season one. He's he's very good in Game of Thrones, yeah. He he plays a, a maester, which is like they're, they're scientists, but they're very middle-aged style scientists right um but he plays this old conniving uh maester but there unfortunately there's one scene where we we see his uh dangly bollocks oh really on the screen yeah and he's like because he because he's a randy uh, uh old fellow in it and um yeah once you've seen that uh, it, it's hard to go back you see julian's tackle you do yes you yeah you see julian's space balls i'll yeah. look out for that <laughs> yeah i'm sure if you google searched it you'd probably end up on a list somewhere um also i i remember him of course he was um uh, richard coeur de leon in um yes the crusaders uh, william hart yeah which i yeah, we'll talk about that again he is superb in that and i love him i i love this character mm. that he can play you know this the, the, yep. this aloof um upper crust arrogant type you know um you know they could all be brothers general veers could be a brother to uh, yeah. to old kane here could be a brother to donovan yeah um he yeah and scalioni that's very uh, very similar yeah. he attended bristol grammar school okay um and was in the same class as uh, timothy west they were classmates yeah oh, right. yeah but also too, there um at the same time um but in a different class was uh, dave prowse yeah, oh, right. so they, all three of them went to the same school. Uh, he's the only actor to appear in Star Wars, James Bond, and Indiana Jones. Okay. Um, uh, yeah. What else have I got? Um, he was considered for the role of James Bond in Live and Let Die. They actually did consider him. Okay. Mm, um, okay. Mm, I'm not sure on that. Mm. He played a Bond villain, didn't he, in that? Um, he did. Um, he was in uh, For Your Eyes Only yeah. against Roger Moore. I mean, Roger Moore beat him to it uh, in the role of Bond, and then he was the bad guy in For Your Eyes Only against him. And uh, according to uh, John Glenn, the director John Glenn, uh, according to his memoirs, it was Julian Glover was the first person to, to suggest Pierce Brosnan as a potential. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, we keep talking about Life Force. 
So many times on this show, there are people we talk about and they were considered for a role in Life Force, okay? And here we go again. He was one of the possibles for Dr. Armstrong and also Dr. Bukowski in Life Force, okay? The roles done by Patrick Stewart and uh, Michael Gothard, okay? Um, and he's a local boy to me. He, he's, uh, he, he made his professional debut in Bromley, yeah. okay? Just outside London in 1953 in pantomime. <laughs> Okay. What part yeah. did he play? Do we know? I do not know. I do not know. Um, oh. I met him in the summer. Did I tell you I met him um, in the summer? No. Um, yeah, in June, I went up to the Star Wars weekend at, uh, at the Space Center in Leicester. Yeah. Okay. And he, on the Saturday, he was one of the guests there, you know, at his table doing signings. And I went off to do something. And when I came back, uh, the guys, I had a table there. Uh, with the SFM UK guys, you know, with all our Star Wars yeah. models. And uh, they went, uh, um, oh, Julian Glover just came along and he was looking at all our models. And it's like, oh, really? And uh, they're like, yeah, 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 you missed him. Did you have a photo taken with him? And it's like, no. So I went off and found him and he, he was off wandering around. And it's like, uh, Mr. Glover, um, I don't suppose, apparently you've just come over to our table. Could you come back for a photo, please? And he's like, yes, of course. And, yeah, yeah you know, he was utterly, <laughs> he was Kane. He was General Veer, really? you know. He, he's, J Julian Glover is Julian Glover, you know. Mm -hmm. And he came back and uh, he very nicely had, had a photo taken with us guys, with our models and that. And uh, then he started having another look around the room. And, yeah, this, this uh, space center is all about the history of space travel. And... Uh, he was looking in the cabinets and I was walking around with him and they had this cabinet and in the cabinet they had this device for going to the to toilet. It was a, uh, on the Russian Sputniks and things like this. There was a bit that you put your front bit on and there was a bit that you yeah. put your back bit on. And I said, oh, it's charming this is. I said, you know, they've, they've stuck us in the room, you know, next to the space toilet, you know. And he was like, oh, oh. And, and he was so Julian Glover. He was like, oh, oh dear boy. He said, oh, yes. If, if, if you go and uh, if you go to visit an old castle, nobody's interested in the portcullis or the doors. They just want to see where the, where the crapper was. <laughs> like, it's just, it's yeah. like, I'm talking <laughs> crap with Julian Glover. You know, it's fantastic. I, it's brilliant. Oh, that's brilliant. I like that. Very, very surreal. But you know, it was brilliant. Yeah. When, no, when, he, when you went to get him to take him back to your table and that, did uh, did you try and lead him by the hand? And did he try oh, and I beat with dare. the phone? No, no. I, I said, "Would yeah. you mind?" He said, "Oh, of course." And, and we're walking along. I said, uh, "Are you having a good time?" And he goes, "Oh no, dreadful, dreadful." And it's like, what, what, "What's the matter?" And, and he goes, "Oh, it's so quiet today. So quiet." Uh, he said, "The last time I was here, I made lots of money. I'm not making any money today." And you know, and it's like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah. Mm. I said, it's weird, isn't it? We forget that the, these people go to these conventions mainly because it's a source of income. Yeah. I wish, anyway. I wish then, you know, I mean, I think, you know, back in June, we were doing this podcast, weren't we? I wish I'd thought, oh, I, I could ask him a question about his time on Blake 7. He most probably would have yeah. shot me down. Um, but I could have yeah. got an introduction or something for this episode, couldn't I? Yeah. Yeah. You could have got, I, I think he would have probably do something. He would have wanted playing. Actors from this generation. Yeah. yeah, I think actors from this generation are very open to. They're, they're not usually sticklers for for doing stuff no. by the book like that, are they? They would generally 
Yeah, be yeah, helpful. Yeah, 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 but no, it was lovely meeting him. He, he was a real nice guy. Maybe next year. I mean, you know, it, it's an annual event, and I'll be going to it again. If he's there, I'm going to see if I can, like, you know, get a bit of a Blake Seven thing think, for, for, off of him. Yeah, yeah. I think you should. All right. Okay. The last bit of information I've got: uh, Christian Roberts, who yeah. played Reynolds there. The hello, hello, hello. Oh, right? yeah. He did go up for the role of Blake. Really? I'm glad he didn't get it. Well, if he did get it, I, I would hope he wouldn't be the hello, hello, hello type. Can you imagine? Yeah. To Serverland, you know? Oh, yeah. no. Hello, hello, work. hello. Woman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. So, yeah. Um, so, here we go. Julian Glover, then. Um, a genre tally. His genre tally is quite high, um, almost in the 20s. He, he's got a genre tally of 19. All right. Yeah, uh, that's good. And uh, so here we go. This is what he's been in. Um, out of this world. Okay. Then, as you say, um, he was in Doctor Who in the Crusades, where he yeah. played Richard Diviner. Very good. If anyone wants to see some good acting. No, he was good in that. Um, the thing I'm yeah. guessing you and I also remember him an awful lot for, um, where he plays a pompous, stuck up uh, toff. Uh, Quite a mass in the pit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, Colonel Breen. Hey, who gets uh, his comeuppance in that, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, he was yeah, next in The Champions. Um, and then he was in The Avengers four times, four different characters in The Avengers. Ooh. Okay. Um, Jason King. Then he was in Space 1999 as Jarak in Alpha Child. In some, I, I remember, always remember him. He, he's in some sort of like little skirt affair, isn't he? Yes, he's not, not got the, the most... Uh, the most wearable no, of clothes no, of uniform no, no. in that. Uh, so that after that, it was he does he just about, yeah. Though. But if there was a gust of wind, oh, um, after that, it was yeah. here in Blake Seven. Then yes, uh, Scaroth of Jagroth in uh, Doctor Who: City of Death. Yeah, he is the best thing in that. Yes, yeah, and the makeup, him and uh, the makeup are, are, are brilliant in that. Um, after that, Empire Strikes Back, where he's General Veers. Then, uh, yeah, yeah. for your eyes only, straight after that. Um, then, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, yeah, he's yep. very Then, good Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, where he's actually a voice. I, I have never watched a Harry Potter. But, no, a voice no, of somebody I'm called not, Aragog not in that. Um, then he was right. in a, uh, an animated uh, Lego Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Out, where he reprised his role. Of General Veers. Okay. But he was in Merlin, the TV show Merlin, and as you say, Game of Thrones with his tackle. Right? Yeah. So, <laughs> tackle out. Indeed. He's got a, a, a genre tally of 19, but I think he is also the person with the biggest collection of tallies because not only does he have a genre tally, he's got a, a mm -hmm. Who tally of two, a Bond tally of one, an Indiana Jones tally of one, an Anderson tally of one, and a Star Wars tally of two. So yeah, yeah, I think that's the most tallies anybody's ever got. So he's a yeah, he's a he's a good job in yeah. actor, isn't he? He's, uh, he does yeah. he puts the work in. So that's it. That's 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 our uh, our focus on Kane over. I'm hoping all this came out. Um, I'll let you know later, Ian. If you hear some distant screaming far off in the distance over England way, um, that is me yes. figuring out that uh, either it didn't record. Or, you know, there's some glitch in the system, all right? But hopefully it did come out all right, and we don't have to do this all over again. Yeah. Well, here's, here's a little quiz for the listeners. Um, this has happened once before, hasn't it? That one episode we had to re-record 
half of and say the same things again trying to remember with you know that See can if you, you can spot, spot it. Which yes, there, there, there will be a prize yeah. for the for the winner, the first person to spot it. Where can you see the join? All right. Yeah. yeah can you see the join? Yeah. <laughs> it should be a new competition. We'll call it the early wise moment. Yeah. All right. Okay. So that's it. That's that, that's our episode over. Um, join us next time uh, where we're off to uh, season two, and I think it's a a, a look at a, a, a rare occasion. This where a guest character is in more than one story. Uh, we're going to be looking at Secretary Rontaine, who is actually the same actor in two completely different yeah. stories. So, yeah, that's going to be an interesting one. Yeah, which is unusual, isn't it? They did a lot of recasting. They did, but, the, not, but the not with Rontaine. So, um, yeah, this is going to be an interesting one. All right? So, yeah, hopefully this episode worked out okay. Yeah, and we're not having to redo it again. And if that's the case, we're definitely back next week. All right? So, thank you, very everybody. Thank you, Ian. Thanks, then. Bye.